That chat is brought to you by Walters. Watch UFC 288 this Saturday night at Walters, just across the street from the ballpark as UFC Bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling takes on Henry Cejudo. Go to waltersdc.com slash events to reserve your space now and receive a $5 beer wall card. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two two to Ballinger. Ruiz set up in, now moves outside. The 2-2 is right in there. Strike three called with a changeup. So Jake Irvin has his third strikeout. All have been looking, and he fans the former MVP to strand a runner at second. Infield in for C.J. Abrams. The set, the pitch. Swing and a line drive, base hit, left center field, and the Nationals take the lead. Abrams does it again. Second night in a row, a seventh inning go-ahead single. Nationals lead it 2-1. Thomas crosses the plate. Abrams delivers the RBI hit, and the Nationals are in front for the first time tonight. And welcome to Nats Chat for Thursday, May 4th, 2023. What is Star Wars Day? 2023. May the 4th be with you, along with MassInSports.com Nationals insider Mark Zuckerman, who is at Nationals Park. I'm Al Galdi, host of the Al Galdi podcast. The Force most certainly was with the Nats on Wednesday night, a 2-1 win over the Chicago Cubs at Nationals Park in Game 3 of a four-game series. C.J. Abrams had another clutch hit. Jake Irvin had a solid Major League debut. The Nats' bullpen was outstanding. The Nats' defense, multiple big plays down the stretch of this game. You can play with numbers and stats a lot. I certainly do do that. But the Nats, since their 4-11 and start to this regular season, are 8-7. and That's not bad. 8-7 and is not bad. Mark, to me, the Nats are demonstrating an ability for playing well that we really didn't see much, if at all, last season. Like, you can't say that the Nats are a good team, but they certainly seem to be a better team than they were last season. They're highly competitive, you know, with a couple of exceptions. You had that blowout to the Pirates the other night. And really, for the most part, we've seen what the formula is. They're almost every night getting decent pitching, excellent relief work, really good defense behind them. And then it really just boils down to can the offense do enough to score enough runs to win on that night? And that's what happened in this one because they did just enough to win a game two to one. But I come out of this one thinking to myself to stick with the theme that they may have found themselves a new hope in young Jake Irvin or is it Luke Skywalker? I'm not sure. All things considered under the circumstances, 
that was about as best as you could ask for in a major league debut for him in this particular situation. And afterwards, he was beaming. Everybody in that clubhouse was happy for him. And I think even though they didn't say it officially, I think it's safe to say we're going to see him again. Well, if this Nats rebuild is going to work, no doubt, you need the high-level prospects to pan out, at least a good number of them. But you also need some luck, you know? Like, you could use a diamond in the rough or two or more to end up being more than you ever realistically hoped. And You know, a guy like Jake Irvin would fit the profile of someone who doesn't have high expectations, but who does have talent and maybe possibly can be something here. So Jake Irvin, a fourth round pick in the 2018 draft out of the University of Oklahoma. The Nats on Wednesday officially recalled him from AAA Rochester, number 20 prospect for the Nats per MLB pipeline. And he overall was solid on Wednesday night. This was his major league regular season debut. The final line, one run in four into third innings. His biggest problem was his control. Four walks, a hit by pitch, and a wild pitch. He threw just 45 strikes versus 36 balls over 81 pitches. And, you know, there actually was some irony to this because Baseball America had labeled Irvin as having the best control among pitchers in the Nats minor league system. The control on Wednesday night was not at the control's best. But still, I mean, overall, the run prevention was solid. Three strikeouts. He only gave up two hits, both of which were singles. And, you know, if you watch the game, Irvin very much settled into the game. Top of the first, allowed a run on a hit by pitch, a walk and an RBI single. So, you know, you didn't know what to think then, but Irvin ended up retiring 10 of the final 14 batters he faced. And Davey Martinez, during his post-game press conference on Wednesday night, pretty complimentary of Irvin and sort of how he handled the entire evening. Yeah. And that first inning, let's be honest, that could have gone haywire and we've seen it gone haywire for some others. Big number 74, Jake Irvin ready to go. The Nationals all home. Whites in his first pitch is inside and hits the leadoff batter, Nico Horner, in the back. I've never seen it, and he was even joking afterwards, that there can't be too many guys in history who have hit a batter on their very first Major League pitch. Can't imagine many other guys have plunked the first guy, first pitch in their debut. So just laugh it off, man. Next hitter. And it wasn't like it grazed him. He drilled Nico Horner right on the nameplate of his jersey. It almost, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought they had a history or something. It almost looked intentional. But it was great. Did you see his reaction to it? He kind of smiled and laughed it off. So good for him. And he settled down after that, got through the inning, only allowing the one run. And, you know, again, was solid after that. Yeah, the command could be better. You would love for him to go a little deeper in the game. He kept missing to the same side of the plate. Everything was to his glove side, so away from right-handed hitters. But for the nerves I'm sure he was feeling, I think he handled it all pretty well. And to get through that with what he did is impressive. And the two hits, you said they're both singles. They're both ground balls. One of them didn't even leave the infield. So that tells me if he can just keep the ball in the zone, he did not get hit hard really at all in this one. That tells me the stuff is pretty good. He didn't throw his changeup a lot, but he did throw it a few times in big spots and was able to get outs with that. You can see it's raw, but you can see the potential there for him being something if he can just refine all of that, learn a little bit how to pitch in different situations, learn how to command everything near the zone. But again, in that situation, I don't think anybody's got any complaints about how that turned out. Yeah, if you remember, we danced this dance with Yoan Adon, who looked actually pretty good in the Nats' final game of the 2021 season, the uh, Ryan Zimmerman farewell, got a spot in the Nats' rotation last season and struggled. You know, So it's like, okay, obviously you want to see more, but with a guy like Jake Irvin, I mean, the opportunity clearly is here, and 
he doesn't have to demonstrate a ton to stay in the rotation. Like if this is along the lines of what he pitches at for these, you know, next few starts, presuming that he gets them, you know, one run, five innings, two runs, five innings, that kind of a thing. I mean, the Nats will embrace that with, you know, open arms, no question. Now, you said that it's not like official that Irvin is making another start, but it certainly seems that he will be staying in the rotation, at least for now. Well, yeah, I asked Davey afterwards, safe to assume we're going to see him again. And he laughed and says, well, I got to talk to the big man first. So he hadn't had a chance to meet with Mike Rizzo, but I cannot imagine that they're going to look at that outing and say, no, we need to send him back and bring somebody else up. I think he's earned the right to pitch again. And then, you know, you, you probably take it start to start. We'll see how Cool's recovery is going. See, you know, Paolo Espino at AAA, how he goes as he builds back up from his hamstring injury. But no, why wouldn't you keep putting this guy out there as long as he looks like he can handle it. And yeah, Yoan Adone in his debut was even more eye-opening than this. He struck out like nine batters, I think, against a Red Sox team that was playing for his playoff life that day. But here's the difference. Adone was 20 or 21 and I think had started the year at single A. And so when he made the rotation last year, it still felt like that was rushed. And clearly, he's not, wasn't a finished product and they're still working on him on trying to become that. Jake Irvin's 26 years old. Not a lot of time at AAA, but He's already been through Tommy John recovery in 2021, pitched at a big program in Oklahoma in college. So I did not, in seeing him on the mound and, and seeing him afterwards, I didn't see a guy who looked like he didn't belong. He looked the part of a big league pitcher. And yeah, there are things he can refine. And certainly in the long run, you need to be a little more effective than this and be able to go deeper in a game and throw some more strikes. But the advanced age, the stuff that he's already gone through in his career makes me think that you could ask for a little more from him than maybe you would have a don in that kind of situation. Hey, are you a law firm partner stuck on an underperforming team while the rest of the competitors are spending big and winning big? Well, unlike Mackenzie Gore and Kbert Ruiz, you have options. You don't have to stay on your 60-win team. Nat Chat sponsor Mason Kalfis and his team specialize in placing partners and associates at medium-sized and large law firms in Washington, D.C. and across the country. Mason Kalfis has recruiters in six states and has placed lawyers in more than half of the 100 largest law firms in the United States. While you may be reading doom and gloom from the legal press, many practices are red hot antitrust, IP litigation, white collar litigation, finance and direct lending, and healthcare. Because you are not under a CBA or team control for six years, in fact, staying at a firm too long is often a recipe for being underpaid. Explore your options today with Mason Kalfis. Call Mason today at 202-486-3535. That number again, 202-486-3535. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Runner goes, the pitch, swing, and a miss. Took something off, 99 miles an hour with that fastball, and Bellinger, a short wave at it strikes out to retire the side so jake irvin on wednesday night solid the nationals bullpen on wednesday night outstanding four relievers combined for four in two-thirds scoreless innings with five strikeouts some really good stuff here and then at the end of the game some really good defense so andres machado one and two-thirds scoreless innings with two strikeouts he came into the game top of the fifth runners on first and second one out Game tied at one, and he on one pitch induced a 6-4-3 double play off the bat of Dansby Swanson. Not the last time that a big double play would be induced by a Nats reliever in this game. Carl Edwards Jr. then tossed a scoreless top of the seventh. We then got the Hunter Harvey show, who every time he pitches now, it basically is a show. The guy is on fire. A scoreless top of the eighth with two strikeouts, which were three pitch swinging strikeouts of the Cubs' Numbers one and four batters, Nico Horner and Cody Bellinger. Harvey in this appearance, <laughs> 14 pitches, 13 strikes versus one ball. How do you like that strikes to ball ratio? 13 strikes versus one ball. His four seam fastball velocity peaked at 99.9 miles per hour per stat cast. Harvey's been so good. And then Kyle Finnegan, who has been good lately. He tossed a scoreless top of the ninth for the save, and what an inning this turned out to be. So he gave up back-to-back singles to begin the inning, and as we know with Finnegan, he's either on or he's off, and he gives up the two singles, and you say to yourself, oh boy, is this one of these off nights for Kyle Finnegan? But then came some great defensive work by the Nats. Third baseman Jamer Candelario cleanly fielded a bunt by the would-be Nat, who never ended up being a Nat, Eric Hosmer, and then fired to second base for the force out, creating the possibility of a game-ending double play. And then that is exactly what happened. And the pitch, swinging a ground ball towards short, fielded by Abrams. He flips to Garcia, relay to first, and a curly W's in the books! A 6-4-3, inning-ending, game-ending, double play! Off the bat of Patrick Wisdom to end the game. The Nats finished the game with four double plays. Boy, have the Nats been good this season at turning double plays and some big clutch double plays on Wednesday night. And the pitching staff knows it, and that is giving them the confidence to throw the ball over the plate. Finnegan, you saw, go inside. He's jamming right-handed hitters with the idea of inducing ground balls, and he's actually pretty good at that. So remember a couple of weeks ago, I want to say it was in Minnesota, he got into a similar jam in the ninth and he got out of it with a game-ending double play. And he brought that up tonight and saying, yes, in the past, 
when things have gone south, it tends to keep going that way for him. But he did have one game where he got in trouble and pitched his way out of it, inducing a ground ball. And he remembered that tonight. And he says, okay, I've been here before. And he said, once the bunt happens and they get the first out and it was a really nice play by Candelaro, they almost turned a double play on that one. There was like just a split second late. But he says, once they got that one, he knows he's one pitch away from the game being over. And that's a confidence boost. He said, the pressure's off of me now. I make one good quality pitch. We're going to end this game. So I'm seeing some growth there from Finnegan. And maybe we don't have to necessarily worry that when he doesn't have it on a given night, it's all going to go south. Because this is a couple times now that he has pitched his way out of a jam. And since that awful blown save against the Rays, he's now six for six in save opportunities. It's nine and two thirds innings, one run allowed, two walks, and 10 strikeouts. So the two walks is the key there. He's making them earn their way on. So that's all, I think, really good stuff. And then I want to go back to the Machado appearance. The one pitch double play is great. Comes back the next inning, three outs in the sixth. So he gets five outs for them on 16 pitches, 13 strikes. Talk about efficiency. Let's think about the guy he just replaced on the roster. Would Anthony Bonda have ever been put into that situation and be able to respond that way? So you know what? A good right-hander is better than a bad left-hander. Can we acknowledge that now, that Machado has much more of a role on this team and contributes a lot more, despite the fact that he's right-handed, that's a better option for them than Anthony Bonder or any lefty whose subpar would be for them. Yeah, I actually think the whole right-handed, left-handed thing in baseball is overrated and has been for years. Like from a pitching standpoint, can you get outs, okay? And there are righties who can get outs. There are lefties who can get outs. And yes, there are some batters who you have like these drastic splits, but you also have guys who have reverse splits. I mean, I think managers tie themselves in like mental knots with the righty-lefty stuff. And especially with lineups, when people get caught up in, well, you got to go righty, lefty, or no, you don't have to do anything, okay? Like, just put your best batters as high up in the order as possible. So, no doubt. Like, if you can get outs, you can get outs, whether you throw with your right hand, your left hand, you know, your left foot. Like, it doesn't matter. If you can make pitches and get outs, you can do it. And the Bonda point, I had the exact same thought because you're watching this game, right? And you're thinking about, okay, Machado is here for Bonda and Irvin is here for Cool. And, you know, listen. Not trying to beat up on Chad Cool, okay? But Bonda and Cool were not doing what we saw from Machado and Irvin on Wednesday night. And, you know, that stands out with the defense. So this really is an improvement. Now, if you look at a lot of the advanced stats, the Nats aren't like killing it in those numbers, but you know, it's early in the season. So I'd like to really start assessing those like once we get multiple months into the season. The defense is better. I think if you're just watching these games, you see that the infield defense in particular, you know, what you have with you know, not just Abrams and Garcia, but Candelario. I mean, that play that he made in that ninth inning on Wednesday night was so big. And, you know, the double plays thing can be tricky, right? Because if you're turning a lot of double plays, that can be a reflection of a pitching staff that's putting a lot of guys on base. So I think you have to be careful with that. But no doubt, this team is like a machine when it comes to generating double plays. And when you in a game can produce four double plays like that, that is so big. And the Nats, from a run prevention standpoint this season, right, run prevention being pitching and defense, the pitching has been okay, kind of depending on what you look at, but the defense is improved. I mean, this is certainly being the step forward season defensively that I think we all wanted and thought we might see from this team this year. Well, let's remember just how bad they were defensively last year. It was a train wreck, certainly for the first like four months. And then after the trade deadline, once you had Abrams at shortstop, once you had, it was really Vargas playing third base mostly down the stretch. That helped. But 
what you have now. I think Candelario is sneaky, one of the best third basemen out there that I've seen. He is so smooth, making every play difficult and easy. We know Abrams has the ability. One of those double plays, I mean, he whipped it over to first base, the one that he had to turn, the 4-6-3. Garcia still has not committed an error so far this year. And Dobbin Smith is helping them by scooping up the occasional bad throw and preventing them from making errors. And that goes hand in hand with the pitching staff. Like I said, especially the relievers, they know if I can induce weak contact, I've got the guys behind me to get the job done. And so they're less worried about that. They're not walking batters as much. There's more confidence in pitching to contact. And I think it's really working. And maybe the secret to all this, Al, you mentioned run prevention. You know, they have a run prevention coordinator this year for the first time. Ricky Gutierrez, who was added late in spring training. Maybe that's the secret sauce to all this, making it work. Ricky Gutierrez, the run prevention coordinator, helping them prevent runs. Well, with the Nats, and I've mentioned this, even when they were good making postseasons, they did not rate well defensively. Like their good run prevention in those years was really about the starting pitching because it wasn't about the defense and it sure as heck was not about the bullpens, okay, with all the bad bullpens the Nats had in those playoff years. So to have this defense doing what it's doing is really encouraging. In fact, you know, it was interesting. Davey, during his postgame presser on Wednesday night, gets asked basically to sing the praises of C.J. Abrams. It was one of these questions where it's like, tee it up for Davey. Go ahead and talk to me about C.J. and all that he's doing well offensively. And Davey immediately pivoted and talked up C.J.'s defense. You know, he's getting some big hits for us. But, you know, more so than that, he's playing defense. You know, he's playing really good defense. Without question, it is encouraging what we are seeing offensively from C.J. Abrams right now. The numbers for the season are creeping up, and we are seeing some big hits. And C.J. Abrams, in this win on Wednesday night, got the biggest hit of the game. He, in a Nationals, one-run seventh, a first-pitch opposite field RBI single to left center field for a 2-1 Nats lead. Now, he did then get picked off and caught stealing second base. That was bad. But believe it or not, C.J. Abrams now, a team-leading 15 runs batted in in this regular season. I mean, you know, I'm not in love with RBI as a stat, but it's certainly not meaning less. Like there is meaning to it. And I bet that that surprises some people that CJ Abrams is number one on the team in RBI. And you may say, well, yeah, because they don't score a lot of runs. So that's not a high total. Well, let's do the math. This is game 30, 15 RBI in 30 games. That's 81 for a season. If you can get 81 RBI out of your shortstop, who's usually hitting eighth or ninth, that's good. Okay. It's not the only way to measure offensive performance, obviously, but it is something. It tells you something. So it was so funny. He was in the exact same situation as the previous night. Bottom of the seventh, tight game, chance to drive in, the go-ahead run, and he did it with a nice line drive single right over the shortstop's head. And you know, also give credit to Lane Thomas. He started that rally. Should have been a double and it played into a triple because Ian Hapka had trouble down the line with it. So that set everything in motion. But you saw Abrams in that spot where, look, we know at times they get a runner in scoring position. Oh my God, I don't know if I can even make contact anymore. And he put together a good quality at bat, good solid contact, did what you're supposed to do, get the ball in the air and out of the infield and get the runner home. And he did that, which was very nice because earlier in the game, you had another one of these situations where they very easily could have and should have scored the go-ahead run and did not with some pretty bad execution. But we don't have to talk about that tonight. We don't have to go into that one. Yeah, I mean, look, you scored two runs on Wednesday night, okay? Like, usually you lose when you do that, but the Nats pitching and defense is good enough to win in the game. Yet the Lane Thomas triple, I mean, I feel like I say this almost every time we talk about a triple in a game. So many triples are not like legitimate hits. They're like doubles that 
are played into triples, or there are fly balls that should have been outs that end up being scored as triples. But Lane Thomas in that one run seventh, the leadoff triple down the left field line, the ball was completely misplayed by the Cubs left fielder Ian Happ, and the ball ended up rolling all the way to the left field corner. I mean, that was a double that Happ played into a triple, but Thomas got the triple, also had a single in this game, also had a stolen base. Victor Robles on Wednesday night, two for two with two singles and a walk, and He went two for two with stolen bases. You know, for a second consecutive game, the bottom of the Nationals lineup producing the Nats seven, eight, and nine batters in this game on Wednesday night. Lane Thomas, C.J. Abrams, Victor Robles, a combined five for eight with a triple, an RBI single, three other singles, and a walk. And those guys went three or four on stolen bases. Not bad. I mean, you're not getting a ton of production right now from especially like, you know, the supposed big boys in the lineup. And I put big boys in quotation marks, but keep it. Ruiz has had a rough series. Joey Manessis did have a couple of singles on Wednesday night, but we know the deal with him. He's not hitting for much power, but the Nats are getting some good production here from the bottom, say third of the lineup. Yeah. And it's nice to see them doing that. And, you know, for now they're staying at the bottom of the order. We'll see. Maybe that could change at some point, but no need to mess with it. You know what I liked in this game versus the previous ones. They ran. They finally tried to take advantage of that. And in that spot, I'm thinking to myself, I I couldn't believe the exact same scenario came up in the fifth inning. It's first and third, one out, Alex call up in a 1-1 game. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to bunt again, isn't he? No. You know what he did? He let Robles steal second, and now you got second and third with one out and let him swing away. I loved the strategy. The result didn't work out because Call struck out swinging, couldn't even advance anybody, and then Garcia grounded out. So maybe the answer in the end should have been to bunt. The answer was not bunt. The answer is never to bunt. Please. <laughs> okay. I said that with a little hint of sarcasm there. But I, I love the fact that they were finally aggressive on the bases. Abrams, Robles, Thomas, Call, these guys can run. And you know maybe sometimes the matchup isn't the best or the pitcher is good at holding on or there's a strong throwing catcher, but I want to see more of that. There are ways to play small ball and score runs without just squaring around a bunt. You can do other things and stolen bases should for this team, this season should be a big part of it. I was glad to see more of that in this game. Yeah, teams are running like crazy. And I feel like until proven otherwise, you should be super aggressive on the base pass because they are almost like free bases this year with the high success rate that we are seeing on stolen bases. Hey guys, it's Al Galdi for Window Nation. Some amazing news from Window Nation. You can modernize and reinvest in your home today with new windows from Window Nation, all while capitalizing on Window Nation's best deal of the year. 0% financing for five years. Unheard of. Zero interest for five years. And Window Nation will give you two free windows for every two windows that you buy. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com and tell Window Nation that you want the deal that you heard about from Al Galdi on the Nats Chat Podcast. Protect and increase the value of your home today by taking advantage of this great offer. Again, 0% financing for five years and two free windows for every two windows that you buy. And by the way, that goes for any style of window from Window Nation. And there's no limit. Save thousands of dollars on your new windows and save money on energy bills, all while upgrading the look and feel of your home. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. And make sure that you tell Window Nation that Al Galdi sent you. Hey, NatChat listeners, Tim Shovers here, producer of the podcast, to tell you about game time. Do you struggle sometimes to find tickets to your favorite events? Buying tickets to these shouldn't be stressful. 
That's why you should look into the Game Time app. It's even harder these days with the lack of paper tickets available on the street. If you're looking for tickets to Nats, DC United, or even the Drake concert this summer, Game Time offers the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code NATSCHAT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account at GameTime.co and redeem code NATSCHAT for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. For someone like Jeter, who's 24 years old, it's a different story. I mean, if one of our middle infielders go down, we view him as the next guy to come up. We had multiple roster moves by the Nats prior to this game on Wednesday. I mentioned uh, Jake Irvin being called up from AAA, but the Nats on Wednesday also returned from rehab and reinstated Ildemaro Vargas from the 10-day injured list. He had been on that retroactively since April 10th with a left shoulder strain that he suffered on Easter Sunday. And uh, the corresponding roster move was the Nats optioning infielder Jeter Downs to AAA Rochester. So know this about Jeter Downs. He was at the major league level from April 11th through May 2nd, almost a month. I mean, not far from a month, right? He played in one game during that time. You know, we talked about this a few episodes ago. So Jeter Downs, a guy who the Nats claimed off waivers from Boston this past December. He at one time was a highly touted prospect. He's not done well since then. He's in his age 24 season. This would seem to be a statement on what the Nats think of Downs. The fact that they called him up like this, he was up for, what, three weeks and played in one game? I mean, is that not a reflection of what the Nats think of Downs? I think it's a reflection of what they think of him right now, which is he's a project. He was a top prospect, but he has not been that in a while. And he did not perform at AAA last year or in the big leagues when he was called up by Boston. He wasn't hitting at Rochester when they called him up. It was a move they had to make because they had nobody else and needed backup infield help. When you have two clear starting young middle infielders like they do in Garcia and Abrams, you're going to play them just about every day. But you got to have somebody in case anybody gets hurt. So Davey did say today that if something happened to one of those guys, if either of them got hurt, Jeter Downs would be their call up and he would start and take their place. Now, we'll see if that ever happens, if that's actually true or not. But for the situation they were in, they just needed a bench infielder. And so that's why he got the call. But it was not good for his development. They knew that was the case. They want him to go play every day at Rochester. They hope he can figure it all out, become the player that he was supposed to be. And maybe there is a future for him here. But let's remind ourselves, they picked him up as a project. He is not necessarily part of the plan here. Garcia and Abrams are the priority. And only if and when either of them was unavailable or so ineffective that they needed to be replaced, would they consider doing something else and having Jeter Downs play on a regular basis here? But if one of those guys got hurt, wouldn't Vargas be the next man up, not Downs? That's the interesting thing. So Dave is kind of suggesting there that if that happened, that Jeter Downs would come up and play regularly and Vargas would still be the utility infielder. Now, let's see if that actually happens, if it ever comes to that, because I had the same reaction. We know they like Vargas. We know he's very solid in the field and everything else, would they actually do that and go with the young project 
over a you know lower ceiling, but more established veteran utility infielder? I don't know the answer, but Davey, my interpretation of what Davey said was that if either of those guys actually got hurt and was on the IL and they needed an everyday second baseman or shortstop for a few weeks, Jeter Downs would get the call. Well, I would respect that. I have a hard time believing that they would do that, but let's see. Actually, let's not see. Let's hope that Garcia and Abrams play, you know, 155 games this year, but that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean, Vargas, you know, last year as it went on was an everyday guy for the Nationals, and he's kind of in that Alcides Escobar territory of the previous year, surprising standout who ended up being an everyday player following year, not playing much or not playing well with Vargas. It's, it's just he's not playing much so far this year, which is fine. I don't have any complaints about that, but that is interesting that Davey did say that on Wednesday. You tell us what you think as the Nationals have a chance to take three or four from the Cubs on Thursday afternoon. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter at Nats underscore chat. You can email the podcast, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com, including if you would like to sponsor the show, you can sponsor individual games, individual series. Uh, hit up the guy behind this podcast, Tim Shovers, uh, NatsChatPodcast at gmail.com. Check out our new website, NatsChatPodcast.com. You can listen to previous installments of the show. You can contact the show. You can also order yourself a Nats Chat Podcast t-shirt. All of that is available at NatsChatPodcast.com. All Nationals radio highlights on Nats Chat are courtesy of 106.7 The Fan. Thank you to Tim Newmark for the Nats Chat Podcast music. Visit TimNewmark.com. For Mark Zuckerman, I'm Al Galdi. We thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Nats Chat Podcast. Video fires the two hitters. The one out, you up. Video, one for three with a walk today. And you see he had done well against Maselli. No success against Huffman. There goes Gutierrez, and he easily steals third base. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.